The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Being from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So, he, so they went, and they, they were down to the Jordan to cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, so he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and the, and the iron axe head floated. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out, and he took it. So I, that, I'll just leave that there now, and we will continue our story. So I arrived in Bangkok with three others and there was Tom Rawls to meet me. And the first place he took us was up to North Thailand to a place called Maasai on the border of Myanmar. And there I was to meet another missionary that we supported, Faye Walkling. Faye Walkling is still there today. She's a couple of years older than me and she's still going out and ministering to hill tribes and bringing them to Jesus. So when I met with Faye, she was moving among, meeting amongst the Aka people there. And she, they were getting saved and she had a little church going. And she said, Helen, I want you to come and meet these Akar people. So I went to their little village and it was such poverty. There were dirt floors and anything that they could make put together for a shelter. Now, I hadn't seen anything like this. I mean, I'd lived in Australia and other countries, but never had I seen poverty like this. And after, I, after we left the village, Faye looked me in the eye and she said, Helen, let me tell you what's going on over here. And she had a very strong focus on my face. And I said, what's, what's going on, Faye? And she said, well, the pimps are coming up from Bangkok. And they tell these parents that they've got very wealthy women in Bangkok who want maids. And if you will take some money for your women, we will buy your girls off you now. Then when they go to, go to Bangkok, they'll be able to send you money every month. So they sell their girls. Those girls are taken to Bangkok, Helen, straight into a brothel. Helen, I've rescued 10 girls and I had them living in one bedroom. What I need you to do, I need you to buy some land. I need you to build a home, a safe home for these girls. I need you to sponsor them to go to school. I need, they need to get a trade. Helen, can you help me? And I'm thinking, this is my first mission trip and I've got all these wants. And so that night we drove to Chiang Rai and as I was going to my hotel room, I got in the lift and a man got in the lift with a little girl. And I think he was Aussie. And I absolutely froze church. I couldn't speak. I couldn't do. I would have loved to have given him a black eye. I, could, I was just frozen. And when I came to, home to Australia, this was the greetings that greeted me in the Sydney Morning Herald. And I, I think it's going to go up on the screen. Which says, where rape is a duty and murder is a policy. That's what greeted me. And then I knew that God wanted me to do something about this situation. So I came home to uh, Life Source Church and I stood on the platform and I gave you the needs. And I threw a stick into the water that day. I threw a stick into the water here at Life Source Church. And people, you pick, you threw your money upon the upon the uh, upon these needs that were there, and the axe head floated, and I, and because of your generosity, the axe head floated. God worked a miracle. How do I know the axe head floated? Because here I am, 
opening at the, at the opening of that safe house that we built because you gave money. There's the house. Here I am, uh, opening, cutting the ribbon for the opening of the house. And here are these Akar girls walking down the street to the opening because you gave. Let me tell you how you gave. First of all, you came to me and you said, I'll sponsor a child, I'll sponsor a child. We had a young man in the service and he, he was only been working a couple of years. He was saving money to go into business of his own. He said, Helen, you can have all my money, you just buy that land. People started coming to me, I'll give money to build that house, Helen, I'll give money to build that house. There was a family that came to me and they said, how much are you needing now, Helen? What's left needed? We will give you the rest to get that house built. The axe had floated, church. I saw it floated. I went there and I saw that miracle of that beautiful home. Yeah. Now, when we got back to, to Bangkok, the next trip was, to, uh, was Vietnam. In Vietnam, before we went to Vietnam, Tom Rawls said to me, he said, we have to have a brief. You must not use the word Bible. You must not use a Christian, missionary, any words from the Bible, you must not talk about the Bible or, or any Christianese in your bedroom. One in seven sp uh, people in Vietnam are a spy. If you want to talk, you talk out in the square. So we were briefed and we arrived there and it was just like Tom said. Um, we knew we were being followed. We acted like tourists because co uh, Vietnam is a communist country and it still is, is today. So I think we have a photo there of me up there, sitting on the, uh, sitting on the square talking with uh, Tom. I met with uh, Paul and Deb Hilton there in Vietnam, missionaries that we supported. Yeah. And I said to, I said to Paul, um, Deb, I said, what's your need? What can we help you with? And she said, we have such poverty here. Families that can't sell their, send their children to school because they can't afford the uniforms, the books and the pencil and a bowl, a bowl of rice for lunch. Can you sponsor some children? I thought, yeah, that's something we could do. But she hadn't finished. She said, Helen, we've got all these babies here, little babies who are going to die if they don't get a heart operation. It's the aftermath of Agent Orange. Can you send some money for some heart operations? Oh, yeah, okay. But she hadn't finished. She said, Helen, she said, we've got all these blind people here. They need cataract operations. They'll spend the rest of their life blind if you can't send us some money for some cataract operations. And then she paused and took a breath. And then, and then Paul leaned in and he said, Helen, what we're needing is some workers. Can you send us some workers? I thought, I've never sent a missionary out in my life. And here she's asking for workers. So I came home and I stood on this platform and I threw the stick into the water again. And Life Source Church responded. Uh, you sponsored children to go to, be, go to school and be educated. Uh, you gave $30,000 to pay for heart operations. You paid for cataract operations. The axe head fl was floating well in Vietnam. Uh, we sent three workers there. We sent Leanne Kingdom, who used to work in the office. And, and then we sent Paul, um, Bosch and Sally Padjack. And they, I've got, I think I've got a photo of Sally and Bosch there. Three workers we sent to Vietnam. Uh, and so... The axe head was floating. Pastor John went over to visit them, see what was happening over there in Vietnam. But he didn't choose the right time of the year. It was monsoon. And here he is on the back of a bike with Paul Hilton. And the rain is just pouring down. And after this, I decided I've got to go to Vietnam. I've got to see what's happening over there with our money. So I turn up in Vietnam and Sally Padgett meets me. She said, Helen, we're going to the... We're going to the uh, 
operation theatre this, this afternoon. She said, we're going to see a uh, cataract operation. I thought, oh, that's OK. We just look through the window when we see a cataract operation. But when I got there, they said to me, now, you have to gown up. I said, gown up? Yes, you have to gown up. And so I was fully gowned and masked everything. And I'm thinking, we're going into the theatre. Yes, we're going into the theatre to watch this operation. And I'm thinking, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> anyway, I remember our young people here at Lysource Church, they always say, suck it up. So I took, <laughs> I took a deep breath and I sucked it up. <laughs> And I went into that operating theatre and I watched that operation. There wasn't much blood with cataract operation, so that was OK. I was quite proud of myself. So I came home from that uh, missions trip and then uh, Darren McMahon, he was the youth pastor here, and he said, Helen, I want to take these North Shore kids to a, on a missions trip. There's life outside of the North Shore. They need to know that. I want to take them to Vietnam. And I want to do some work over there. What can you arrange? So I got in contact with Deb Hilton. I said, we've got a youth team that like to come over. Oh, she said, Helen, we'd get a lot of brownie points if they would paint the children's ward. It's so drab and grey and paint peeling. So we sent, she sent me a list, and I didn't know, but one of our young people was an artist, um, Josh Spencer, Dion's brother. So he told them what they needed. This is what we had to take. Two litres of white, two litres of blue, two lit one litre of green, one litre of yellow, one litre of orange and one litre of red. Black tubes, uh, black tubes, two litres of lacquer maximum, buy large sponges and brushes and also have a variety of small, small and large brushes. Buy the big rollers in Vietnam. Uh, this is 20 years ago, so there wasn't much in Vietnam available. So off they went and I want you to show you, they painted... Um, the, art, the artist went round and drew all the outlines and they painted. We got, or Paul and Deb got a lot of brownie points for that. For that. But the axe had kept on floating. They came back and I get a call from, uh, from AOG World Missions in Melbourne. There are, school, there are youth groups down here. They want to know what you did and how you got a visa. And they want to send their youth groups to. So what we started at LifeSource, it went on and on and on. The axe had kept on floating. Are you getting the idea now? You throw a stick in the water and the axe head floats because God does the miracle. Now... <laughs> Now, the third stop was to Cambodia. And I had read a bit about Cambodia before we went. I'd read about the killing fields and how wicked Pol Pot was and his regime, how everybody that was educated, he just lined them up and shot them. So the first thing, place we went was to the killing fields. And what you're seeing now, this is what, what it was like 12 years, 20 years ago. It, had, it was just after the war. There were mounds of dirt where he, he would shoot the people, or Khmer Rouge would shoot the people. They put all the bodies in a pile and cover it with dirt. When we went there, there was bits of clothing through the dirt, a bit of bone. And it was really traumatic, traumatic church. And then we went to a, a tree and the guide said to us, let me tell you about this tree. He said they wouldn't, the Khmer Rouge wouldn't waste bullets on, a, on babies and little children. They grabbed them by the ankles and smashed their heads against the tree. And I, there was a gasp that went on for our group. And one of the team bent down and picked up a little baby's tooth off the ground. And Tom could see that we were all traumatised. And he took us back to our hotel. And he said, we're going to have a, a debrief. I'm going to take you to dinner and we're going to have a debrief tonight. I said, not me, Tom. I need to get away with my God. So they went out to dinner and I stayed in my bedroom and I cried all night. 
I woke up, I must have cried myself to sleep because I woke up in the early hours of the morning and my pillow was wet and I heard that gentle whisper from God, Helen, now you've earned the right to speak for missions. So God had spoken, I was fine. I got up, showered, dressed, went down to breakfast and Tom was there and he said, Helen, let's go for a walk. I said, Tom, I'm all right. God has spoken. It's all right. I'm okay. He said, no, Helen, I want to go for a walk and talk with you. I said, okay then. So we're walking down the street and I'm seeing these little girls wearing lipstick. And I looked at Tom and I said, those little girls shouldn't be wearing lipstick, Tom. They should be playing with dolls. Tom looked at me and he said, Helen, they're prostitutes. And I, I just said to God, get me out of here, Lord. Get me out of here. And so I came home and I stood on this platform and I shared the story. And I said to you, I will never ask anybody to go to Cambodia. I didn't throw a stick. I didn't want to go to Cambodia or send anybody to Cambodia. It was so traumatic for me. But in our congregation was a lady, a mothercraft nurse. She was 56. And after the service, she came to me. And it was, it was Dot Mason. Some of you remember Dot Mason? And she came to me and she said, Helen, I'll go to Cambodia. I said, I'm not asking you to, Dot. She said, God's asking me. So I reluctantly threw a stick into the water again to get her sponsor to go to Cambodia. And Dot went over there to Cambodia. One-on-one, -on -one she was bringing families to the Lord. She would sit in, in the hospitals and the orphanages and, and look after babies. Uh, there we have her in a, a photo of her on the floor sharing the gospel. And I went over several times with, with uh, Kerry McGibbon. Kerry always travelled with me on our mission trip, faithful friend and great company to be with. Lots of stories there, but for another day. Um, so there we are on the back of... This is how we got around in Phnom Penh. We got around with Hing, who she'd led to the Lord. And we couldn't go too far out of Phnom Penh, but they're still clearing the landmines. But Hing knew where to take us. And we ministered in villages and, and, and we saw the work that Dot was doing. When Dot was 64, she was 56 when she went out. When she was 64, she came home almost burnt out. And um, she went out to live with her family at, at St Mary's. We didn't see a lot of her because St Mary's is a long way away. She'd come over and see us occasionally. One day I got a phone call and she said, Helen, I'm going back to Cambodia. She said, I don't need any support. She said, I'm 65 now and the government said I could have a full pension because I'm doing humanitarian aid work. So she went back to Cambodia and we just kept in contact with emails every now and then, but always a Christmas greeting. But last Christmas there was no greeting, undeliverable, but came back my email. And so I rang her sister in St Mary's and I said, can you tell me about Dot? And they said, Helen, we had to bring her home. She had a stroke. She is now in a nursing home, but she doesn't know us. And I was sad for several days. I was very sad. And then God spoke to me one day and said, Helen, she's not home. I said, oh, of course she's not home, Lord. She's not home. Her reward's waiting for her in heaven. I spoke to her sister this week and I said, because she's just had her 75th birthday. And I said, how's Dot doing? She said, Helen, she's, she's all right. She's getting well cared for. But she said, she doesn't know us. She said, she just stares into space. And I said, that's sad, Lord. It wasn't meant to end like this, Father. But it's not, hasn't ended. Her end is when she uh, arrives in eternity to see her Lord, who she served so faithfully. Well, while Dot was sitting in, uh, while Dot was in Cambodia in 2002, Lindsay Clark started coming to our church with, the, with uh, Julie and the boys. They, were, they needed a healing time after the death of their little girl. And while they were sitting here, God said to them, I want you to plant churches around the world. 
And so Lindsay picked up on that, God asked him that. And so he's now planting churches all around the world, 32,000 churches since 2002, doing an amazing job, church. But the thing that really touched my heart is he started planting churches in Cambodia. I thought that's where I began this mission, my missions work in Cambodia, or the call to missions in Cambodia. And he, he asked, he said, look, we've got to gotta find a way to get into these villages, Helen, and we think by giving them fresh, clean water, we, they'll open up to us. So they tried all different ways to get in there. Finally, he came up with digging wells. And uh, he said to me, can you send some money to dig some wells? Yes, we could send that. And we, I sent money for, out of the budget from time to time. Then one day, Pastor John came to me and said, Helen... I think we can do better than that. He said, I think if I got the very best uh, coffee machine and got the very best uh, coffee beans and had the very best baristas, we could give free coffee for a donation. So that's what you do down there, church. You have the very best coffee machine, the very best baristas, the very best coffee beans, because your pastor likes good coffee. So uh, 35 wells, and I thought, okay. And then Lindsay decides he's going to, uh, uh, it's time to, we started planting churches. So he says to me, Helen, all that, where you've dug a well, there's, we can plant a church in all those places, all those villages. He said, how about planting some churches? He said, I've spoken to um, Graham Hartman, and Graham said he'll be the face of, of uh, church planting in Cambodia for you. I said, oh, okay. I said, how much to plant a church? He said, $3,000. So he sent Peely out from Cambodia, a delightful young lady, and she stole our hearts. She was one of eight in her family, first one to come to know the Lord, and then all her siblings and her mum and dad. And as Pastor John was interviewing her, then he turned to her and I thought, okay, what are we going to say now? So he says to Peely, how much to plant a church in, uh, in uh, Cambodia? She said, well, I'm going back next year and next week to set it up and organise for Lindsay to come in and the team. And she said, we're going to plant 25 churches, train 25 pastors. And uh, it's $3,000, Pastor John. So I didn't throw the stick this time. He threw the stick, but he didn't know he was throwing a stick. I knew what he was doing, and I knew that God knew what he was doing, and I knew that you would, even though you do nothing about this stick, you would know what God was moving there. So we took up an offering for $8,000. But that wasn't the end of the story. People in the church started going to, uh, to Graham and saying, I want to plant a church. Um, I'll pay it off $200 a month. I, and then somebody goes, I want to plant it, two churches. I want to plant three churches. And so the money started coming in, 20000 30000 40000 50000 60000 And then Lindsay gets on Facebook and he says... Helen, I've just trained the, uh, the 25 of the most amazing young church planters in Cambodia. And I thought, oh, I'm going to throw the stick in. I said, OK, Lindsay, I wrote hours on it. And I threw the stick in for the remaining 15,000 we needed. And church, we did it. We did it. <laughs> I, I just want to finish up with a few verses of scripture for you. Uh, in all my 20 years of missions pastor, no one has ever come to me and said, I'm poorer for giving to missions. I want to show you two verses of scripture. One in the, one in the King James Version, the New King James Version, says, cast your bread upon the water and you will find it after many days. 
Then in the New Living Trans- uh, Translation, send your grain across the seas and in time profits will flow back to you. Now that's better than any stock market, isn't it? Profits will flow back. No up and down in God's economy. So church, I truly bless you and thank you for your support for missions over the past 20 years. It's been a pleasure to do this. I'm ready to start throwing sticks again and uh, I want to plant churches in Hungary. I want to plant more churches in Cambodia. I want to build that ministry centre in uh, the Philippines and plant churches in the Philippines. So I'll be throwing sticks again. Only this time you'll know what I'm up to. I've given you my secret. (laughs) Thank you. Helen, that's awesome. What can I say? I don't know. He's awesome, our God, isn't he? It's just, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And um, you know, I'm, and she's only just scratched the surface. You know that there's so much more. I mean, um, so much more. We've got Gustav and Helen are here, and the amazing work that they're doing in Hungary. They're yeah. apostles, you know. Excellent. And you've got um, just, uh, yeah. Come on. And we got Marnie and Sally right up there at the back. Yeah, yeah. Sally's not here today, but what they've done in, in Serbia yeah. is just uh, amazing. Sally used to be called the Mother Teresa yeah, yeah, of Belgrade. Yeah. And again, you know, Sally just, and Bosch there too. Yes, yeah, Sally, Sally and Bosch, Bosch yeah. involved right from the beginning, still involved, just so many things. And, you know, and it all started with a little faith promise card. Yeah, and a mighty but, God. And a mighty God, and, and just $250,000 to start with, and that's grown to $8.3 million. And do you, know, do you know the other thing is this, is that we are the only church in Australia that actually gives more than the Faith Promise cards that come in. And, but, but let me tell you why we need the Faith Promise cards, because it helps Helen just get her basic budget sorted out. And so what I'm going to do is that we're going to pray for this faith promise card, okay? And would you hold yours in your hand and just pray just wh- wh- how God would lead you? And we're talking about the salvation of people, the planning of churches, the transformation, the fulfilling of the Great Commission, taking this gospel to the ends of the earth. I'm committed to it. I'm committed. Come on, why don't you do lay hands on here with me and let's pray. Let's just, just pray. Father, you said, ask of me. I will give you the nations for your inheritance and Lord we ask for the nations of the world yes, Lord. people from every tribe every tongue every nation we call them out Lord the days are short it's about to be closing time and we've got this small window to do all we can to reach lost people for you Help us, Lord, as a church to take it forward. Lord, thank you for the last 20 years. Let the next 20 years be even more monumental than the last 20 years. And Lord, we just pray that every single one of us might be partners involved in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.